as we kind of are finishing up this series about preparing our hearts for Christmas, we are going to look in the book of Matthew for the other account of the birth story of Jesus. So last week, if you weren't here, we were in the book of Luke. Well, actually, last week we had worship, and I'm not sure we were. It was the week before we were in the book of Luke. And if you read through the first two chapters of Luke, you will kind of hear, and, and a lot of that's like from Mary's perspective, and we know that Luke did a lot of um, interviewing and investigating. Matthew, on the other hand, was one of the disciples, and he starts off with the genealogy of Jesus on Joseph's side. He goes all the way through, and then he has a lot of the perspectives from Joseph. So... Obviously, there's nothing that we see in the scriptures about Joseph after Jesus is 12. doesn't specifically say he wasn't there, but we don't see him ever talked about. But this may also be the perspective of what he imparted to his other sons, or maybe um, this part of it that Matthew heard from Jesus or from Mary. We don't, we don't know, but we do know that he recorded what um, was relayed to him of what happened during that time. So we see here in Matthew chapter 1, verse, starting in verse 18, um, the, the story of what happened and how Joseph got brought to this. So I'm going to start in verse 18 and just read a few, a few verses here. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. All right, so we see here in chapter 1 what Joseph was going through and what he kind of was struggling with and what he decided to do. And we see that Joseph was a man of obedience. So as soon as he found out that Mary was pregnant and he knew he hadn't been with her, he knew what the law said, right? He knew that he could dismiss her, right? This would be considered divorce. I know they weren't married yet, but that's how it was in the Jewish, Jewish custom. It's like as soon as you were um, set to be married with somebody and that was in motion, you couldn't just get out of it. You had already given her father your word. You had made these commitments. And so he would have had to officially divorce her, right? But he didn't want her to be publicly disgraced because if this became a big thing in the culture, then they would know, you know, that she, that she had gotten pregnant and all this was going on. So because he was an obedient man, he was trying to do what the law said. But then as soon as he had that dream, as soon as he heard from 
the Lord says that he obeyed that word and he went and took her into his house. Now, what the culture would do is you might be engaged to somebody, and, and as far as the culture is concerned, that's your wife, but you didn't bring her into your house until you were ready to share your bed with her. And so he brought her in, but made it very clear, like, we weren't together in that way until after the baby was born, but I brought her in, right? Why would he have done that? So when the baby was born, the people would think it was his child, right? Because if she, if he would have said, like, okay, you wait there till the baby's born, then I can bring you in my house and we can sleep together, then people would have known that it wasn't his child or that they were together before he was willing to house her. So he brought her in, and so he was being obedient to what the Lord had told him to do. Now, we don't see here one way or the other if that's what he wanted to do. That's one piece that's kind of missing from the narrative with Joseph. With Luke, when we read through there, we kind of hear a little bit more of Mary's heart or um, some of the uh, proclamations of Elizabeth or Zachariah, the excitement that they had with these children coming. With Joseph, it's much more cut and dry. He found this out. This is what he's going to do. He had a dream. He didn't do it. He took care of her. That's what we see. But I wonder if his obedience went beyond his desire. Has anybody ever had that happen? Like, like if I desire chocolate and the rule is you have to go into the store and pay for it before you can put it in your mouth, I'll obey that. Why? Because the result is I can stuff my mouth with chocolate as I'm paying the clerk, and I may or may not have done that numerous times. The other day, I actually got into the parking lot before I put a piece of chocolate in my mouth, and I told the person that I was with, I said, I think that's the first time I've made it out of that store without putting the chocolate in my mouth, and it was because I was holding on to something else, and I had to set it down. But sometimes we obey things even though we desire not to do it, right? Some of us maybe go to work on days when we don't want to go to work, but why do we do it? We do it because we're being obedient, because that's what we need to do. That's what we have to do. And the outcome is more long-term, right? The chocolate, having to wait to pay for the chocolate, then put it in my mouth, that's pretty immediate. I have to go through a little bit of the steps, but within a minute or two, I'm going to be able to have that. Now, with Joseph here, maybe he didn't know what the results was going to end up being. Maybe he didn't want to be with a woman and raise a child that wasn't his own. But yet, the Lord told him to do this, and he was willing to obey. I think sometimes... That's the hardest part of deciding to have a relationship with God. Now, many of us can have a Savior. We can believe in Jesus and know we're going to heaven when we die. But here on earth, we are our own masters, right? I know what I'm going to do in life. I have a plan. I'm going to work these steps. And if I fail, it's all my wonderful, or, you know, my failures. But if I succeed, then it's because I'm so great. And, and many people do that, and you can do that. I, you know, my number one thing is, do you know the Lord? Do you know that he saves? I want you to go to heaven when you die. I want you to have a savior. But you can have a, another layer, another level of relationship. When Jesus came, he came to save us. 
He came to bring healing to us. He came to bring peace to us. We see that in Isaiah 53. We've looked at those verses before, especially when we take communion, to remind ourselves that when he went to the cross, he did that to forgive us of our transgressions and our iniquities. The punishment that brought him peace was put upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. So he came to give us more than just salvation. Why? Well, because we are more than just spirits. We're spirit, soul, and body. Our spirit gets right with God because of what Jesus did on the cross, and that's why we're forgiven for our sins. But our soul is our relationships, our emotions while we're here on earth, right? That's the peace that he promised us. And then we have a body. And a lot of times our spirit and our peace is not at rest when our bodies are hurting, when our bodies are going through pain, when we're going through physical struggle here on earth. And so that's why we need to have all three. So Jesus came and he had told everyone in John chapters 14, 15, 16 that I'm going to go and when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit down. And then he also told them, and when you pray, you can now pray directly to the Father in my name. And he said, I will not hear your words, and then go to the Father on your behalf. Now, when you pray to the Father in my name, you'll be talking directly to him. Okay, that's a relationship. That's like the direct line access. That's like the Queen of England, right, having a direct phone line that when you pick it up to call, it rings in her bedroom. There were only like probably a few people that had that access, right, her children, maybe her husband, Everybody else, what do you do? You got to go through the switchboard. You got to go talk to this aide. You got to talk to this person. And then maybe if you had an appointment scheduled, you might be able to talk to the queen. But Jesus' point was you're going to be able to talk to the Father directly. I want you to have that relationship. Now, when you do that, that means I'm going to talk to you, and the goal is for him to talk back to you. And the question is, is are you going to, number one, listen? Most of us just pray. We just talk, 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 talk. And then we say goodbye and we hang up. Have you ever talked to somebody like that? I've, I've had a person one time in my life where I'd call them up and I'm like calling them to tell them, right? Oh, dinner tomorrow night got canceled. But when I pick up the phone and call them, they answer and they start going on about this and on about this and on about this. And then they're like, oh, I got to go. Bye. And I'm like, wait, I called to tell you dinner tomorrow night's canceled, right? And we now have this opportunity through Jesus if we decide to go beyond salvation to relationship to talk to Father God directly in the name of Jesus. And we call him up and we say, Father God, did you know that my job, this is what's happening, and I might get laid off, and Susie broke her leg, and the neighbor down the street has cancer, and I really need some help at work, and I got to go. Goodbye. I love you. Bye. Hang out. Click. Head out the door. You can have a one-sided relationship with God, and I'm very thankful if you are praying and talking to him because the Bible says you have not because you ask not. And Jesus said very clearly in Luke 11, right, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock, and the door will be open to you. Just like having a salvation relationship, a one-sided relationship is better than nothing, right? It's better than just having the salvation. 
I know I'm saved, but I don't talk to God. I don't think I'm worthy or whatever the reason is. I don't need his help. God helps those who help themselves. That's not in the word. That's what Satan kind of gets out in the culture for us to hear, to believe, so that way we will not have a relationship with God. No, God helps those who help, who help and ask for help, right? God helps those who ask. We are supposed to ask, we're supposed to seek, and then we're knocking on that door. So we can have that one-sided relationship where we're telling them what we need. But it's even better if you go to the, even the next level. And now I don't just have this relationship where I know I'm saved, I know I can ask, but now I'm going to listen. I'm going to take a moment to pray and I'm going to pause to see if maybe he's got a solution. Sometimes what we need to say is, Father God, I'm having a problem at work. I don't know what to do. What should I do? Can you help me? Pause. And sometimes in those moments, the Lord will give you an idea. All of us are different in how we communicate with the Lord. For me, I see pictures. So, like, I'll pray. I remember um, there's been times where it's like, Lord, you know, I need to hire this, a person to do this. Who should I hire? And all of a sudden, I'll see somebody's face. And maybe I haven't talked to them in years. I'll be like, really? Sometimes I think, yeah, I think that was, that was a fluke. And I'll do my own thing for a while. And then all of a sudden, I'll run into them at the store. And they'll be like, yeah, man, I, I know I've been a stay-at-home mom all these years. But I'm really looking for something part-time that I can do at home. And you're like, oh, yeah, three weeks ago when I was like, Lord, who can I give this emergency cell phone to? Right? And the Lord showed me this woman's picture who is qualified and works. And I thought, oh, she doesn't want a job. She's, she doesn't need, you know, whatever. And it's like, maybe I should have listened. But when you begin to have a relationship with somebody and you begin to understand the way they communicate with you, now all of a sudden you went from having a one-sided relationship to a full relationship where you're hearing his voice. And... Luke chapter 11, verse 28, talks about obedience. But what I love about this, it says, Blessed, rather, are those who hear the word and obey it. That's always been my prayer, at least for about probably the last 10 years. You know, I, for me, I used to just be saved and I would have a one-sided relationship where I'd go to God and I'd talk to him and tell him what we needed. And I'd pray for so many people. One day I was cleaning out a box and I found my prayer list from when I was in high school. And I just kept like adding more and more sheets of paper to it. And when I held it up, it went from like up here all the way down and out probably two or three feet. And of course, you know, I would just, I would roll it up and I'd keep it in my bag and I would kind of unroll it and roll it as I was praying. And I'd pray for a lot of people. But when I understood this two-sided relationship with just like if you're on the phone with somebody and you pause and let them talk to you, I would pause and let the Lord talk to me. And I realized it's one thing to hear God. It's another thing to hear God and obey it. And that's the difference with Joseph. Joseph heard from God and he obeyed it. I do find it interesting that Joseph was able to hear God in a dream and just went with that. Okay, that's what God said, I'm going to obey. 
whereas somebody like Zechariah had to hear from the angel Gabriel in the temple for him to really realize, like, this is a message from the Lord. And what did he do? He still argued with Gabriel <laughs> and then had to be told, like, you're going to be quiet because if you can't just embrace this, then I don't want you saying a word. And Mary, she got a visit from Gabriel, but Joseph was such an obedient man that he has a dream, and he understands that dreams come from heaven. He understands how to interpret the language that Lord talked to him in that dream, and he just obeyed it. He just did it. He was that confident in his ability to hear from God. And so I love when Jesus says, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Now, Mary, if I don't talk to God this two-way thing, I'm not going to be blessed. And you said a one-way relationship was better than a no relationship. You can still be blessed in a one-way relationship, all right? I can pray and say, Lord, help me find somebody for this job. And he told me, right, he showed me the picture of the woman who was supposed to do it. And eventually I was blessed with her. But it was five weeks after the fact by the time everything worked out versus me calling the first time when I saw that face. What am I saying here? It's kind of like saying, like, my boss is telling me how to do my job really easy, and I do it the hard way every week. Well, either way, you're getting a paycheck at the end of the week, but you could be even more blessed if you would listen to your boss, obey the boss, and do it the easy way. So the Lord loves you. He wants healing for you. And maybe you're praying, right? Maybe you've got something going on. You're praying like, Lord, bring healing to me. Bro, Lord, bring healing to me. But you never pause and hear him say, stop eating sugar or whatever, right? See this particular doctor. Take a walk or, you know, this, you know, whatever. Stop this particular drug. It's the side effect from the drug, right? Sometimes when you pray, God will show you. And instead, right, maybe it's two months later that, you finally get enough tests done that they say, oh, we think it's just the side effect from the drug you were on. So there is benefits from the Holy Spirit talking to you, having that two-way conversation and allowing that knowledge to come. Now, there's been times where he talked to me and I wasn't sure if it was me or not. So usually what happens is I'll tell the Lord, Lord, if this is you, remind me of it next week. If it's not of you, let it just fade away. And then sometimes it'll come back to me. There's times where I did something, heard him, went and did it, and instantly I knew that was God. I am so glad I did that. I think I've shared with you this story before, but for those of you who haven't heard it, one time I was heading to the Good Samaritan Rescue Mission to teach in their chapel. I used to always treat myself to a McDonald's Coke on my way back because there's something about a McDonald's Coke. Sorry, at the time it was only a dollar, and I was trying to not drink as much pop, even though you guys know I do drink a lot of pop. And it was summertime, and I'd always get on my way home because if it sat in the car for the 30 minutes I'm in the mission, it melts. And I am on my way. I had I was leave it left early. I had a little bit more time, and I just felt like the Lord was saying, go get your Coke. Go get your Coke. Go get your Coke. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get a Coke on my way home, Lord. Right? I'm thinking this in my head. I'm thinking, let's just a reminder. Yeah, I'm going to get my Coke on my way home. And I passed the McDonald's in Essexville, and I'm on my way to the mission, and it's louder. 
and it's louder, it's louder in my head, and I'm just like, and I pray for that. You know, I, I ask the Lord, I give him permission. I'm like, Lord, yell at me if you need to yell at me. May there be an audible voice. Let my dog talk to me just like whatever this guy's donkey did to him. Like, whatever you got to do to, like, get it in my head, just be really loud. And that just is, like, louder. Go get your Coke. Go get your Coke. I'm like, fine. I'm going to get my Coke. Now, here's the thing. I knew it wasn't my idea because I don't care for warm Coke. I care for ice cold Coke. But I obeyed the Lord, and I went through the drive-thru at the McDonald's near the mission. And as I'm in the drive-thru, all of a sudden it starts dawning on me, like, oh, you're going to bless somebody. And I thought, oh, that's probably that. Pay it forward. There's going to be a car behind me. And so I'm waiting to see if someone pulls up behind me. Nobody pulls up behind me. And I pay for it, and nobody's still behind me. And I pull out a little bit from the window, and I'm, like, sitting there going, like, I thought you wanted me to bless somebody. Why am I here? And I look over, and at the picnic table next to the door, is a young woman, a young man. They're sitting there. They have no cups in front of them. They have no wrappers in front of them. They're just sitting there. Looks like they have maybe a laptop, probably using the free Wi-Fi with nothing in front of them. The Lord's like, there, that's who you're going to bless. And I'm big on not giving out cash. I try not to ever do that. But I happened to have a McDonald's gift card in the car with me. And I rolled the window down. I yelled over at him, and I said, hey, are you guys hungry? Instantly, the woman said, yes. And the man jumped up, and he came over to the window, and I handed him the gift card, and he said, thank you, thank you so much. And I drove away. Now, was there any blessing for you in that, Mary? Yeah, there was. There is a blessing when you give. Not only did I just feel blessed in that moment, and don't say there's a blessing for you in heaven. No, because I've told you the story. I've told the story before. The blessing at this point is helping people understand that sometimes that voice telling you to do good that's tempting you to do good is from God. We already know the voice tempting us to do bad, what that sounds like. We know that it's not God tempting us to do whatever. And sometimes it's just our own voice trying to cook something up. But when I began to understand that I could go beyond a salvation relationship to a asking God, talking to God relationship, to a listening to God relationship, my prayer was, Lord, help me hear your voice for the longest time. And then I realized it doesn't matter if I hear his voice if I don't do anything with it. Now my prayer is, Lord, help me hear your voice and obey it. Because I want to be blessed like Joseph was blessed. I want to be able to have you tell me to do something and I do it. Even if I don't want to do it. Why, Mary? Is that how you're going to get saved and make your way to heaven? No. That's back on level one when you call on the name of the Lord. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to be at this level where I can hear his voice and obey it. Because I'm in relationship with him. And I want to work with him. And I'm asking him to help me, to show me how to do these things. And for me, it's how can I bless people? In 2013, when I said, we're going to create a dream center, we never knew we'd be here. We never knew there'd be over, you know, 350 people in our building every week. We never knew that this would be happening. All I knew is that I felt like the Lord wanted us to bless people. And hearing his voice got me to this point. So you're sitting there going, well, Mary, God's not going to use me to do that. No. 
Maybe you need to bless your coworker. Maybe you need to be the only person in the world who's praying for your neighbor. Maybe your neighbor will never know that you're praying for them. Maybe you need to be the inventor of the cure of cancer. I don't know how God's going to talk to you and what he's going to have you do because we're all unique. We all represent different aspects of God. I represent his mouth, right? That's why the Lord has given me this ability to get up here and talk, 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 talk. But what do you represent, right? Do you represent his intelligence? Do you represent his creativity? Do you represent his listening ear? Do you represent his discernment? God has given you a gift and he has called you to do something. And sometimes that blessing is for you and your family. I know they always say, like, sometimes the greatest gift you can give the world is something in your children or your grandchildren that's going to change something. But we won't know unless we try to listen to his voice. Now, the shepherds obeyed. The shepherds, again, it was like, oh, you want us to do what? So in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1, we see that this, again, is the account of what was going on. In verse 4, it says, Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth to Judea to Bethlehem. He was, went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were terrified. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the angels said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, here's the thing. They listened to the Lord, right? The Lord said, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So these shepherds are like, the angel told us that we're going to go find this, so let's go look for it and let's go do it. They listened and they obeyed. Now, were they blessed in that? Absolutely. But what happened because they obeyed the Lord? We see that Mary treasured these things in her heart. And we know just from deduction here that Joseph was there and 
heard the angels or heard the shepherd's story of the angels coming and declaring that this child was Messiah. We don't know how that changed the trajectory of his fatherhood of Jesus. When they went back to their hometown, instead of looking around saying, huh, what does this little boy look like? Is it that guy over there? Do they have the same nose? Who else has this color eyes? Instead, the day the child is born, all of a sudden, all these strangers, shepherds, come stumbling into the stable and saying, all these angels just came and told us we would find a baby wrapped up in a manger of all places, and he's the Messiah. See, sometimes your obedience isn't necessarily for you, even though you will be blessed and you will feel good that you did what God has told you to do. Sometimes you need to obey the Lord so somebody else gets that confirmation, so somebody else has their life changed because you obeyed. But if we don't ever listen, if we don't even go into that where I can... I can I can talk to God and you can talk to me. Yep. Well, Mary, I thought you have to be, you know, this and this and this, and I don't think I qualify. You qualify. If you are here tonight, I'm telling you, Jesus is your Messiah. If you believe that, you qualify. He came so that all may know the Lord and all may be able to go to the Father in his name and talk to him. He wants to have a relationship with us, and he wants you to not only listen and obey so you can be blessed, he wants you to listen and obey so somebody else can be blessed. When I went through that McDonald's parking lot and I gave them that gift card, that was to bless them. Because when I came out of the shelter that night, I had a watered-down Coke to drink on the way home. Now, did that ruin my life? Absolutely not. Did that ruin my night? Absolutely not. But did those, that young couple, maybe going one more day without a meal? Could that have ruined their night? Probably. We are here to not only live our lives, but to be a blessing to those around us. And when we can go to that deeper level, we can just bring so much joy and peace to others. When we continue the, the, the Christmas story, we like to call it, in Matthew here, we see that after Jesus was born, it says here in Matthew chapter 1, verse 25, but, right, Joseph did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Starting in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, it says that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born, King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all of the peoples, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and he asked them, Where is the Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophets had written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact date the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. 
As soon as you find him, report to me that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, and take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt. And then it goes on in verse 16. It says, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all of the boys in Bethlehem and in its vicinity, whom were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Here's the thing. Sometimes our obedience saves our life. Sometimes our obedience saves somebody else's life. Sometimes our obedience blesses somebody with wealth or with the things they need. In all of this, to bring us, to bring mankind a savior, we had to have Joseph obey. We had to have, right, the shepherds obey, the wise men to obey, the 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 family, Mary and Joseph, to, to hear God's voice and to go do this. Of course, Jesus, right, to him have, to him have, a, to have him obey. I remember when 9-11 happened, hearing stories of different people, and this is not to say that the people who perished didn't know God or didn't obey God or didn't hear from God. I'm not saying that. Sometimes bad things happen in life. That's why God gives us free will, and Satan will definitely take advantage of that and tempt people to do bad things. But sometimes in the midst of sorrow and chaos and destruction, we get these glimpses of little miracles that happened along the way. And I remember lots of different stories, right? People getting flat tires, a woman whose baby spit up on her, um, a guy whose son had his first day of school and the wife really wanted him to go, so he wasn't in the towers that day. But one of the ones that I thought was the most interesting, and I don't know why it gets me so emotional thinking about it, but it was the guy who went to work that day. God told him, don't go. And he's like, what are you talking about, right? I got to work. I got to make my deals. I got to provide for my family. And he got on the subway and he headed in. And the guy was like, don't go. And he got off the subway and he's like, I don't know why I keep thinking this. Of course I'm going to work. And when he walked into the lobby, the voice was so loud and it said, stop and go home right now. And he listened. And he turned around and he walked out and he was all the way down, heading down the stairs to get on the subway, when all of a sudden he heard this horrible noise and all these people screaming. And he came back up and he looked down, and where the planes hit was right where his office was, and he would have been off the elevator at that point up in his office. 
I am here to tell you that God didn't send Jesus to only bring you salvation, even though if that's the only gift you get out of it, praise the Lord, I want that gift. But he came so that you may talk to him, you may ask him, you may receive healing for your body, but first you got to ask. So you can receive peace in your relationships, and you can ask. And you can also listen and obey and let there be a whole nother layer of life. We know that if we live all alone and we're the only one to do the dishes, that life sucks sometimes. But man, if you've got kids, it's called chores. You let them do the dishes, right? You let them get the trash. Now, if you came over to my house this summer week, you'd probably be thinking I'm taking way too much advantage of this. Hey, tell you what, this is my second set. I know the rules. They can do it because one day they're going to be gone off to college and I'm going to be doing the dishes again. Well, Todd's sitting there going, yeah, right, right. So he'll be having to do the dishes again, right? And, and you know, now, I jest, but seriously, there are things that I do that Todd doesn't do, right? There are things that we do that the kids don't have to deal with, that if you were all on your own, sometimes it's just having somebody to give you a hug and kiss and say, I love you. If you live all alone and you don't have that, you know how much wonderful you, you desire that, you wish you had that. When you have a relationship with God, you are able to not just ask him, but to listen to him. And sometimes when I talk to God, you know what he says? He says, I love you. You know how good that feels just to hear God say, I love you? God wants you to know that he loves you. But if you don't ever stop and listen, how will you hear it? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day, for this time, for this moment, that as we prepare our hearts for Christmas morning and remember why you sent Jesus, that there's, there's going to be this part of us that asks ourselves, do I, do I hear his voice? Do I obey it like Joseph did? Do I even allow a moment in my life where I do talk to God and have a time to pause? Father God, show us this week in our daily schedule, in our weekly schedule, when we can go and find a quiet corner to sit down and just talk to you and listen. Help us, Father God. Maybe some of us, we need to pull out a journal and just write down, this is my list today of what I asked God to help me with, and this is what I, maybe a picture I saw or a memory that was brought to me or a thought that I had. And some of it might just be from watching Unsolved Mysteries the night before, thinking we know where Al Capone was buried. I don't know, but maybe some of that that we write down that you show us will be from you. And as we begin to look at that day after day or week after week, when we sit down to talk to you, you'll begin to reveal to us and we'll be able to hear clearer and clearer. May 2023 be the year of hearing you, of having a deeper relationship with you. Help us, Father God, as we go through this Christmas season, remind us that we can be like Joseph and hear your voice and obey it. In the name of Jesus, we pray.
Well, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week, and I really hope you're able to make it Friday night. I know there's always lots of things going on, and if you can't, that's totally fine. But we will be back here for Sunday night services, January 8th, Sunday, January 8th. And in the meantime, feel free to call or text the church offices if you need anything else. God bless.